Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. Okay, I'm David. My experience was in 1979 when I was 19 years old. I was in a place, in a really bad place back then. I was in with the wrong people. It was a group of us that hung out together. We did gang-like stuff. I grew up in the south end of Warren, Michigan, which borders Detroit, and it's really a bad neighborhood. It was bad when I was there, and 40 years later, it's still bad, <laughs> probably worse. But anyway, I needed to get out of there. I wanted to get out of there, and I wanted to move somewhere out west. I didn't want to live where I was living anymore because I knew I was struggling and I was going to have even more problems if I didn't leave. So. I thought I got ready to leave, I saved money, I got everything packed and everything. And then I thought, well, I'll just hang out with my friends one more night, one more party with them. There's only just one more, okay? We drank beer all day and smoked weed all day. And then um, come the evening, I wanted something that was a little more. So I asked my friend, I had a friend who could get me anything. And I asked him to go get me something more. So he went out and he came back and he gave me this brown rock. It was kind of like sandstone. I believe now it was probably early crap cocaine. He told me what it was, but I didn't hear. All I heard was the cocaine part. So I said, okay, well, okay, cocaine, no problem. I crushed it up and then I snorted it. Well, you can't snort crap cocaine. And my friend saw what I did. He said, you're gonna die. That's You did enough that it's, it's gonna kill you. And I laughed at him, you know, I said, oh, okay, I've done all kinds of drugs and everything and, you know, nothing has hurt me yet. It only cost me $15. How bad could it hurt me? You know, that, that was my thought. Now, remember, I was 19 years old. I didn't know anything from anything. So I did that. And then we went outside and I had beer outside. We were out in the front yard and I started to get really dizzy and I didn't want to fall down. So I sat down and that didn't work either. So I laid down on the grass. The next thing I remember was I had this out of body experience. I was was in a car with my friends. We drove around the block. We drove past my parents' house, which is only four houses away from where we were. And I got scared. I didn't want them to see me. So I, I remember I ducked down in the car. Well, I saw other things too. I saw there was a glow around everything. And I saw these little beings that were in the trees and in the bushes. You know, I go, I saw them like out of the corner of my eye. And then when I turned and looked at them, they vanished. But there was one 
who was there. He was a little bigger than the rest of them. He was male. He had these colorful clothing on. And he looked at me. He looked at me right in the eye. And he gave me a big smile. And I didn't know what to think about that. Well, that ended. And I woke up in this chair in his family room. Now, the family room was all decked out. It was a, it was a great party room. It had a real loud stereo in it and everything. And place to sit, place to crash on the floor if you need to crash there. So I wake up in the chair and I heard sounds coming from my body. They were kind of sounded all together. They kind of sounded like a bell, but I could hear each part of it and all at the same time, both at the same time. And I felt those starting to go away. They went away one by one. I think there was something like seven or eight of them. I didn't hear them anymore. It was just silence. And the next thing I know, music was playing loud, way loud. And I love loud music. I'm a rocker, you know, I still am. They were playing the doors, but it was way too loud for me. It felt like it was cutting through me. It actually, I felt pain. And I got up, I was going to turn the stereo down but I couldn't touch the knob, the volume knob, I couldn't touch it. And so I tried to unplug it, but I couldn't touch the plug either. And it was just, just blasting. I couldn't take it. So I tried to, I called out for my friends and nobody came, tried to go around the house and look for them. Somehow I could see all the rooms just by thinking about them. And there wasn't anybody in that house that I could see. Well, I, started to freak out and I found myself in the kitchen. I was trying to get into the family room, it was the next room, and I I could barely move. I, you know, I tried to walk, you know, it didn't work. I tried to crawl, that didn't work either. But somehow I made it back into the room and I saw my body laying there in the chair. And if I was freaked out before, I was doubly freaked out at that. I got really scared. I remembered what I did and it looked like I was in some big trouble. So I freaked out, started screaming. I, I didn't know what to do. And I thought about, well, you know, they say prayer works, but well, why don't I pray? So I prayed, I said, God, I, I really messed up this time. I, I really need your help. And the next thing you know, there was this spirit by the door. He was floating and he, he was just his color. He was just his aura and he slowed down and he appeared to me as a person. Only he had he had curly hair, he had dark eyes. He said to me, he talked to me, what he did his lips didn't move and I kind of felt what he was saying. And he said that he was there to help me. So, and he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, well, I want to go outside. I got to get out of this house, okay? Well, the music started to fade away and he said, okay, and the next thing you know, we were out in the driveway outside. We didn't go through the door. I didn't know how we got out there, but I was out. That's what I wanted. So, and then the spirit, I call him Bob because he needs a name. I can't say friendly spirit a million times, but he told me that he knew everything about me. And then he told me things that I only thought of when I was like three or four, never mentioned to anybody. And he knew things that happened. He knew about the divorce my parents got, which got me into the house I was in. He, he showed me things like I had this funny Uncle Eddie, he showed me him. All the stuff he showed me, nobody else could have known. I never said it to anybody. But 
he knew. So he proved to me that he knew me, so I trusted him. And then he said, we can go wherever we want to go. Where do you want to go? I thought it was seven wonders of the world. Why don't I go see those? Let's do that. He said, well, I can show you some of them. <laughs> and he laughed too. And then I said, well, what about the pyramids? And the next thing you know, we were at the pyramids. We were in Egypt. And I could see the pyramids when they were new. And I could see the pyramids in the current time. I could see the cities the same way. And I asked them how I could see both times at one time. And he said, that's just how it worked. It's time. And he explained to me something about it, which I really didn't understand. He said that something, it was something about the energy of the planet and how it, it transfers to the universe and back. It was something like that. The pyramids had something to do with that. And he explained to me some other things too while we were there that I really wish I could remember, but I don't. And so he showed me everything there and then we left there. And when we got to Egypt, on the way there, it was there like just in a blink of an eye, we were there. But when we left Egypt, I wanted to go slow so I could see everything. And I told him I wanted to go slow. So we got about as high as the, the space shuttle flies. It, it was uh, that kind of view. And I could see that there were places that were like the pyramids under the ocean. And there were other natural places too in the oceans and on land that had this energy going to them. They were, um, they were, exchanging the energy from the universe and the planet. Energy comes from the universe, comes to the planet, the planet uses it, and then returns it back to the universe. So I didn't know anything about that, and that was a real surprise to me. So we kept going, we kept flying, and I could see the countries, I could see the land masses, and I could see where there was really good energy, really nice, colorful, and, and bright energy. And then there was darker energies around where the cities were. So we kept flying. He explained a little bit about it to me. And then I found myself, we were heading for the West Coast, for California. And I saw the cities there. And in the United States, the energy was different than it was in the other countries. It was, trying to find a word, it was wild. It wasn't the same as everyone else. It was totally unique. He showed me oh, the Grand Canyon. I saw that, and that was awesome. I saw it when I was a kid, and I was, it was nice to see it again from above it. So I could see all, all the cliffs and everything and all down to the bottom of the canyon. Well, I thought that was really cool. I liked it, and the energy there was really good. So we kept going, and I saw these streaks of light like me and Bob were. We were streaks of light and we saw other spirits that were like Bob and they were taking spirits like me somewhere. I didn't know where then, but I could see that the energy for the spirits like Bob was energy was just like Bob. It was really strong and colorful and, and it, it felt right. And I saw other souls too. I call them the dark souls in my book. I really wish I would call them something else. I can't really find a word to describe them. And what they are is they are humans who have passed that 
have not gone to the light. And there's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't go to the light. Some of the reasons were they don't know about the light and nobody came to help them, or they know about the light, but they want to stay here anyway because they're afraid of it. Or they just like it here and they want to be here and they don't want to go anywhere else. And spirits like Bob help spirits like them. And he was helping me, so I was kind of like a dark soul, I would think. He explained about the energy, and, and, and he said that spirits like him help spirits like me. So after seeing the energy of spirits and the energy of the planet and everything, and how cool most of it was, and so I thought about it, and I wanted to see the planet from a different view. I wanted to be able to see the whole planet all at once, and I did. I saw the energy, I saw the aura of the planet, and it looked awesome. It looked blue like the pictures that you see of it, but it was also other colors. And it, it was blue close to it, and then it changed to reds and greens and whites, and it just looked so beautiful. And Bob told me that the planet has a name. Its name is Gaia. He said that we humans are her name Gaia. We're, we're not living in harmony with her. And she, yes, yeah, she's a female. She's a spirit too. Um, and we weren't treating her right. We weren't living in harmony. It was hurting her energy. I was concerned about that because I saw how beautiful it was. And I couldn't believe that we would do something like that. We weren't living in harmony with it. I was concerned about it. I was concerned about the planet. So Bob said it was right for me to be concerned. After that, you know, I saw the planet, I saw the planet in, on the planet, I saw the planet off the planet, and I thought about, well, what about, what about the stars? What about those? What's their story? He said that we could go see one. He said, pick one. So I just pointed at random. I pointed to this area, right? It looked like a star was there, but we went past when we were going to it we went past all of the planets in our system and they had their auras just like Gaia does and they had cities of spirit on them where there were spirits that were living there and I asked Bob I said how come we can't see those and he said well that's because your vibration isn't high enough your vibration is high right now because you don't have a body and that's how you can see everything. So we went by and, the, and I heard that they made noise just like Gaia does. And I could hear, hear them when I went by, when we went by each one, we went slow. And after we got past them, we went back going fast again and got to the place that I thought was a star. Well, it looked like a star from far away, but I don't think it was a star. It had, it was circular. And it had, it seemed like it was sucking things in, kind of like a black hole. But I looked at it and there was, in the center, there was like a blue color, like a sky blue color on the other side of it. I wanted to go in it. That's where I want to go. I still want to go in it. But Bob said that he wants to make sure that I'm ready for what's there when I go there. He wants to make sure I'm ready first. So... I didn't know what to do. And I thought about, well, who made all this? Everyone says God made all this, is that true? And he said, well, he says, you have a 
different idea about what God is. What God is actually is the energy of everything, the energy that's in everything. He's everything is a part of God. He said, you are a part of God. I am a part of God. The planet's a part of God. Everything is a part. It's not, God is not a human. He's not a person. And he doesn't judge you. He, he just is. And I thought about that and I thought, well, okay, that makes more sense to me than, than a God that's going to punish you or send you to hell or whatever. Okay. It made more sense. And I, and I like that. So I asked him, I said, well, okay, I had a wrong idea about God. What about Jesus? He said, well, Jesus is an ascended master and there are other masters that are like him. And then this white light came and it surrounded me. I was like in the middle of this white light. And then a figure appeared to me and he looked just like the picture of Jesus I saw in this Lutheran school that I went to for two years. I was forced to go there, by the way. I did not want to go there. Um, but we went. Oh, what was I saying? So I, he appeared like Jesus and I felt like I felt like great. I felt like like I was somebody, you know, and I was worth something. And uh, he only said one thing to me. He said, tell them to love one another and all will be well. Because he picked up on my concern about the planet and everything and about the people on it. Then he left. And that's all he said to me was just that one thing. And I felt like really great. I felt like I was a part of something. And after he left, I saw all of the planets in a line. I could see all their auras and I could hear them. They were all together and they sounded like a bell, just like my body did, just like Gaia did. And it was like, it wasn't a ting, but it was a, the ringing of the bell after you ting, like ting and then, you know how the bells do? Well, heard that and saw that. And then I thought, wow, how do I get to see this? What? It was just so awesome. It was the best thing I ever saw. It made me feel like I was worth something. It made me feel that they are giving me this. And I just couldn't believe, couldn't believe what I was seeing and hearing. But it was just so awesome. It's probably the prettiest part of the near-death experience that I had. So after that, I didn't know what to do. And I, I couldn't think of where I wanted to go. And about, I know a place we can go. So we went, flew past all the planets again, and we went to this place that was close to Earth. I could see Earth from it. And I could see the spirits like Bob and like me going to the place. And so we got there, came down into this like town square type of a place. And there was a big house on the left side, on my left side, and it was this big building on the right side. Bob took me into the house and I saw one of the four different rooms in it and I saw four different spirits. They knew me, but I did not know them. And they were concerned that I was there. So I saw them and then Bob and I went out and then we went into the big building. In the big building there was to the left, there was this wooden bench that glowed all the wood there glowed. All the, the buildings were white and uh, they were framed with wood and all the wood glowed for some reason. And then to my right, there was these double doors. So me and Bob are in there and Bob told me to sit on the bench and he, he said he has to go in. 
So he went in through the double doors. He was in there for a while. And while I was sitting on that bench, I started to have a deja vu like I was there before. And then I started to see the reasons why I was there before. I did something in Egypt when I was a kid there that hurt people. So I was sitting there, I was almost to the point where I was gonna find out what it was exactly that I did when Bob came out of the room. And then Bob said, it's your turn to go in. Go ahead and go in. Don't be afraid and be honest if they ask you questions. So I get in a room, paneled room, all the wood was glowing. It was uh, like a horseshoe type of a table. And there was these spirits sitting around the table. There was like, like, I don't know, half dozen of them. And I recognized one of them from the time I was there before. And I got scared because I did not have a good thing with him. He was, you know, the enforcer or whatever. So they started to show me my life. And they didn't show me every little thing that I did every time I kicked a dog or whatever. You know, they, they showed me things that made me into what I was. Like, remember Funny Uncle Eddie? They told me about Funny Uncle Eddie. They told me about my mom and dad. They showed me that I picked them so that I could help them on their path and go on mine. Well, they showed me other things too. They showed me, they showed me my first drink. What happened was I saw that I was in the garage and the family was having this wedding reception at the house and all the booze was in the garage. Well, I was in the garage and then my older stepbrother told his friend, he said, Let's see how good David can handle his liquor. See if he can handle it like a man. Well, I was nine years old and I said, I want to be a man. So I didn't know it was, wasn't the right thing to do. And you know, I, I thought it was okay. So my brother gave me this bottle of whiskey and I slugged it down like it was a can of Coke on a hot day. Okay, I just slugged it down and, and then I got really drunk. And that's how I started drinking bad part about it was wasn't him having me drink the bad part was i liked it and that was the bad part that's one of the reasons why i kept drinking for as long as i did there was that they showed me about uncle eddie and they showed me what happened with him and me okay i'm not going to say i'm not going to go into detail but it was a sexual thing um <laughs> they showed me him they also show me just interspersed in between it all, good things, fun things that I did when I was a kid before I started hanging out with the gang. It was really great. It was like riding mini bikes and hiking and going up north and doing all kinds of good stuff. I mean, we had our, our fads. I mean, we decked out our bikes and all good fun stuff that they show me too, just interspersed between the bad stuff. And we went along with that and then it got to the point where I was coming up on what I did, coming up on the current time or whatever you want to call it. They were done. And then they asked me, did you have a more positive life or a more negative life? What do you think? And I wanted to say positive. I knew that if I was positive, that they would let me stay there. I want to say positive, but when those beings talked to me, they talked to me just like Bob did. It was just a, a telepathic thing. And and I thought about lying to them and they picked up on that. And then they said, well, you have to decide what you're gonna do. 
You could stay here if you want to, or you can go back to the planet if you want to. Well, I wanted to stay, so I told them, I started to argue with them. That's what I did, wrong thing to do with that group. <laughs> I found myself outside in this garden. There was a stone bench there, a white stone bench, and it was all these flowers and everything, and there was a river that was off to the distance. So I was sitting there by myself, I started thinking about, well, what can I do to stay here? How, you know, I need to find a way. I started thinking about all about me. It was all about me. I wanted to stay there, okay? And then Bob came and he asked me what I was gonna do. I told him, he says, well, I wanna stay. He said, well, you gotta think about it first. And then, so I asked him, I said, well, what's gonna happen if I go back? And he said, well, he said, you're gonna get married soon. Your wife is near. You're gonna have children. And one of those children is gonna be way different than the others. And I'm supposed to be there for him and the others. And then there, he said that I would have problems with jobs. So I've had problems with my health. He told me bad things that were gonna to happen to me. And I wanted to, I still wanted to stay there. So I asked him, I said, well, when will I go back? He said, I can't tell you. So I started asking him leading questions like, well, where am I going to be living when I die? That kind of thing. He showed me where I would be living. And it's, it's basically the area where I live in now. I'm living in, this, in the area I was supposed to now. He also said that I would have a brown dog for some reason. I ended up did having a brown dog, but I don't know why he told me that. But there were those things. And he said that I was going to have a hard life when I go back, just how it's gonna be. And so I thought about it and I thought, well, why am I thinking about me? What about what about my kids? What about my wife? I was so far away from getting married then, it, it was unreal, but she was there and, I, and there was somebody there for me and somebody was gonna want me, you know, and I, and I wanted that. I decided that I was gonna go back and I told him. He said, well, okay, there's something we had to do. So got up, we floated over to the river. And he told me that the river is, cleanses you from things that you can't share from there. You know, there were things that, that I can't share, like stuff like, stuff that I don't remember, like the stuff in Egypt. So we were at the river and he said that the river cleanses you. And then told me that I was to share my story. And he touched me on my lips. I said, okay, he said, well, you have to go in. So I dove in the river, I came out the bottom of it and I was in space again and saw this glitter trail. And I followed the glitter trail down and I got to the area where I was living. And I wasn't quite at the house. I had to go into the house and I'm thinking about, wow, look what I can do. I can move like this. I can see everything. I can understand stuff. And oh, I thought about it and I thought, well, I want to go see more things. And then I thought better of it. I thought, well, well, yeah, there are dark souls out there and there are souls that will try to waylay you into something and it could end up being stuck like them. So I decided that I wasn't going to do that. Got to the house and I watched the sunrise. And uh, the sun made noise too. And it was beautiful. I had all this new stuff and I had a brand new day and I, and I wanted to share everything with everybody right away. So I went back in the house, but you know, I didn't go through the door. I realized that I could just go through 
the house to get in it. So getting in and I see my body laying there and I didn't want to do it, but I kind of laid on top of it and I went into and I got into my body. It was like a like little pop sound. So I realized I was in my body and I knew it. So I made sure that everything worked, you know, fingers, nose, toes, that kind of thing, you know, make sure that I could hear, you know, just that I was complete. You know, I wanted to make sure that I was complete and I was. So I got up out of the chair and I immediately started trying to tell my friends. Well, they were all passed out on the floor from drinking the night before. And I woke them up, bad thing to do. And uh, I started telling them and they said, oh, you're crazy. All you do is overdose on drugs. So I started trying to tell them more. They said, stop your crazy talk. So I left there. I went home, my dad was up, my stepdad was up. I thought about telling him, but he was getting ready for work and he wouldn't have time to even listen to it. And I don't even know if he would even want to hear it. So he left. Then I tried to tell my mother. My mother didn't want to hear it. She told me, she said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know. It's like, okay, well, couldn't tell her. And then anybody I tried to tell that day, Everybody had some, oh, you, you, it was just a drug overdose. Oh, you, you're, you're crazy. And, and, and I got from more than one person, stop your crazy talk. So I had nobody to tell. I've tried to tell people that, that whole day and nobody would listen. So I went home and I, uh, I finally, finally got to sleep. And I had this dream. I thought it was, I thought I was dreaming. And there was this voice trying to talk to me it, it was saying things about about my future and, and about the, just the future in general he told me that a friend of mine would die in a drunk driving accident and he named the friend and started telling me all this stuff about the future and at that point my vibration was low because it got all taken away by everybody who was dissing me and i didn't see him I heard him, but his voice was different. And I didn't know what to do. So I just said, I don't want to know about any of this stuff. And then he left. I thought that I was hearing voices. And back in the seventies, you hear voices, you tell a doctor or something, they're gonna put you in a mental institution. They still do it today. So I didn't want to tell anybody about it. And then uh, about three months later, I saw my friend. After the experience, I went back to going to the roller rink and hanging out with the friends I grew up with. Well, I'm on my way to the roller rink. I'm walking, and here comes my friend in his car. He said, you want a ride? I said, sure, I'll take a ride. Well, he went by the liquor store on the way to the roller rink, and he got a bit of Southern Comfort. Well, he's going to drop me off at the rink, and on the way there, I told him, said, and I warned him about it before. I told him, said, dude, do not drink that in your car and drive. Go to a party somewhere. Go stay there and drink it there. Do not drive. I told him point blank. And you know what he said? He said, stop your crazy talk. And that's the last thing he ever said to me. Three hours later, he was dead. And he wrapped his car around the tree. And the friend that was with him turned into it was never the same after that. He had a head injury, I guess. But... There was that, and then after that, I believed that the experience was real. I, I firmly believed that. And I 
didn't want to tell anyone. I was afraid to try to tell anyone. So I didn't tell anyone. I got married. We had four kids. I tried to, I told my wife the whole thing before we got married. I mean, she had to be good with it before we got married. Otherwise, oh, I wouldn't have married her. But oh, well, I told her about it. She said, yes, those things happen. And she believed me and everything. So she was the first one to believe me. And after that, I didn't tell anybody until 1998. But yeah, that was, that was it. The whole thing, I certainly believe in all of it now. You know, I have no question about it. I mean, I couldn't throw away all the knowledge that he gave me. It gave me about energy and, and what energy is and what it's for and how we can use it. And that was what the experience was about. It was about energy and it was about God, you know? God, the sum, sum total of all energy. That's how I understand what he is. That was that. I started to share the experience in 98. I wrote, I wrote it down. Finally, I wrote down what I could remember. I shared it with somebody. They shared it with somebody else. It ended up on a big near-death experience website. A lot of people read it. I got emails and from people, you know, with questions and thank yous and all that stuff. And it, it made me write the rest of it down. It made me take my time and write the rest of it down because I knew people were interested in it. And what I wrote for that that website, that's the base for my book that I wrote. Used that and I just expanded on that and did everything. And, and that's that's how I wrote my book. And now my book is out there. Um, it's for sale. Uh, I also give it away for free on my website, soulbear.com. The book is, is on Amazon. It's called Soul Baird, A Metaphysical Journey. It was published in 2018. It's only on Amazon. Or from me, if somebody wants to buy it from me, they, they can email me, I'll either sell it to them or I'll give it to them. I, I will not hesitate to give this experience away. It's too important to try to monetize it. If, if money comes, it comes, but you know, I'm not gonna, that's really not what my goal is. My goal is to, is to help other people understand the world of spirit and make their lives a little different, make their lives better so they could make their lives better and they could make all of this better. Everything, all the, the harmony, disharmony and all that stuff. It just makes everything better. I mean, people contact me and they say, hey, I, I lost my son, your story really helped me. And that right there, that is worth more than any money to me. But that's it. That's what my experience was. And that's a little bit of history about how my book came about. And I think really that's about it. My book goes into a lot more detail than I have here. So you can read it, soulbear.com, or you can buy it or whatever you want to do. There's other podcasts you can listen to. There's this podcast. I share my experience as much as I can. I mean, that's what my real goal is now is to help people. That's really about it.